This is the Carl Miller Show, where we talk about all things real estate, financial investments, and getting into a home you love. With over 15 years of experience, this is your host, Carl Miller. Good morning. You are listening to The Carl Miller Show. I'm your host and the principal broker of Carl Miller Realty located at 7700 Timberlake Road in Lynchburg. And we are your caring, competent, trusted advisor for real estate sales and service. Today's topic, we have a jam-packed show today and we will talk about national statistics, home prices, inventory, new construction starts, and interest rates. And with a never revealed on this show before bonus tip, of making your offer stand out to a seller today. And in the second half of the show, Yancey Campbell is going to dive into an interview about my recent experience climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Special thanks to our sponsor this month, My Guys Moving and Storage. My Guys Moving and Storage is a fully licensed, bonded, and insured moving company located in Lynchburg. They've been serving Central Virginia for over 30 years. My Guys Moving offers local and long-distance moving, as well as residential and commercial moving. Best of all, they can handle all your storage needs at their secure warehouse facility, and they're offering a full month of storage free to help their customers make their move go as easy as possible. For a free estimate, visit them at MyGuysMoving.com. That's MyGuysMoving.com. It's time for a new featured listing from Carl Miller Realty. This week's featured listing is a brand new listing located in Lynchburg in the Willow Bend neighborhood off of Old Graves Mill Road. With over 2,100 square feet of living space, this Cape Cod features two main level living areas, a main level owner's suite, and beautiful updated oversized kitchen, and two very spacious bedrooms upstairs. We do expect multiple offers on this home, and the listing agent Chelsea Childress can be reached today at 841 8294, that's 434-841-8294, or visit carlmillerrealty.com for more information or to list your house. Well, visiting us in studio again is our amazing, talented, and skilled marketing <laughs> director, Yancey Campbell. Good morning, Yancey. Good morning, Carl. You ran the show for us the last couple of weeks, along with uh, Aaron Rauscher, that's right. our amazing transaction coordinator, and thanks that's for right. doing that. We had fun. I got kind of used to it. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually was able to catch up both both shows. Yep. And by the way, for listeners who want to catch past shows, just check out Spotify or your favorite podcast platform and just search The Carl Miller Show. All of our past episodes are there. That's right. Including uh, that fun one with Michael Lennington right before I left. Yep. Which was a lot of fun. Introducing his new book. and Yeah, absolutely. Super fun. Well, I might just need to retire and let you and Ariel <laughs> just continue on the radio show. Hey, I'd be happy to do it, but <laughs> I, we enjoy having you in here too, Carl. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Anyways, we we have some uh, fun stuff coming up, and we have an event coming up on April 22nd. Gosh, I cannot believe we're already announcing this. Like, it's coming right up. It's coming up. This is open to the public, and it will uh, just be a fun time to celebrate Earth Day. Earth Day is on the 22nd, and we will have First Choice Shredding. They will be there with their truck, so bring any documents you want to clean out of your office area and Come by and shred all of those for free, and we will also have a coffee truck and donuts as well. So it'll just be a really fun day, and hopefully the weather is beautiful. And that's going to be from 10 until 2 o'clock, 10 to 2 p.m. At our office. Yeah, we did that last year, and it was kind of coinciding with uh, tax day. People get their tax documents done, and sometimes there's those extra documents that you want to get rid of, you know, but you don't want to throw in the dumpster. That's right. Because... 
there's confidential information there. So what's cool about them is they shred the documents right there while you're there, mm-hmm. and then they dump them in the truck, and it's just a service we're providing to the community. So come on out and shred those extra documents. We had a few people take really good advantage of it last time. Good. That's Truckloads. Awesome. Really? Pro- yeah. Oh, one one person had, like, documents from the 1970s, but <laughs> but it's 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 hey, cool. I mean, that's what we want. <laughs> yeah, and we're sponsoring that, so it should be fun. Actually, I think we do have a sponsor that's helping us with that event, too, right? We do. We will announce that okay, very awesome. soon. That's great. All right. Very good. Well, this week I wanted to go rapid fire through four specific topics, and these are more on national level statistics, and there's been some reports that were released in the last week or two. And then just wrap up this segment with a tip to just get the attention of a home seller if you're a buyer, and especially if you're competing with other buyers, which is happening a lot right mm-hmm. now. I think I shared with... Uh, I share with a few people. I don't know if we did this on air, but uh, you know, just in the last few weeks, we've had multiple houses go on the market, multiple offers coming in. I yep. mean, anywhere from eight up to, I guess, Lynn Creasy had one with twenty-four offers that came in. So if you just think about it, house comes on the market, and you know, the last one we listed that you advertised last week, actually on the show, we had fourteen offers that came in between Thursday and Saturday night. Yep. And you know, you think about it, only one buyer can land that house. So mm-hmm. there's 13 disappointed buyers out here becoming even more motivated trying to find the next right. house. So it's just uh, a lot of momentum going the seller's way right now in the market. So anyway, we're, we're, we're continuing to hone our craft. Our buyers are getting their offers accepted just because of some really strong um well, just some really strong skills that we're right. bringing to the marketplace. Well, so let's talk about the national numbers. So first, prices. Uh, we finally have the completed numbers uh, in from 2021. And this is a crazy number, Yancey, but nationally, house prices rose 17.5% in wow. 2021 nationally. nationally. Okay, wow. And, you know, in 2020, it was a crazy number because nationally, the numbers were 11.1%. Oh, my word. So... You know, we, we've we've shared this on air locally here in Lynchburg. You know, the median sales price has gone up 23% in the last two years. But mm-hmm. nationally, the nation's ahead of Lynchburg pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. Here's something that I found just amazing. Okay, so the Federal Housing Financing Agency, or FIFA, FHFA, FHFA, states that the house price index is up 60% since 2007. Now, a little bit of context. 2007 was the peak of housing before mm-hmm. the Great Recession and, that, right. and the mortgage crash that happened in 2008. So if you take uh, the prices of homes and you go back and annualize that, that means that from 2007, which was the peak, mm-hmm. to today, the, the prices have risen now 3.2% annually per year. Okay, and when gotcha. you look And when you look at what historically the United States housing market does, it's usually about 3% a year is, mm-hmm. the, is the average. And, of course, we all know what happened in 2008. Mortgage collapsed, housing prices crashed. So, and then we also know what happened in the last two years where they've spiked, you know, really, really greatly. Mm-hmm. But just looking at the 15 year average, uh, I just find it fascinating that we're kind of back to that equilibrium of 3%. It, it comes out to 3.2% right. uh, per year. And, uh, I, you know, we all agree it's unsustainable for house prices to go up 17% or even 11% like uh, per year without serious devaluation of the US dollar, which is also known as inflation, which we yep. are we are feeling right now. But looking at the fifteen year average, you know, the market's back to equilibrium. Three point two percent. So I, I just kind of for fun, I, I looked at those national numbers and I just tied in with Lynchburg to see what Lynchburg's doing. And so I went back to two thousand seven and in Lynchburg two thousand seven, the median sales price of a single family home was hundred and sixty three five, hundred and sixty three five. And the median price last year was two thirty five. 
which means that if you average that out, Greater Lynchburg has increased 43%. So we are well below the national average of 60% in that same 15-year period. Yeah. So just kind of goes again to what we've talked about before, how I just think that Lynchburg has tremendous upside uh, before we're going to see a downside in the housing market. So nationally, it's up 60%. Lynchburg is 43%. And I just think it's very revealing. And, um, and in our last brokerage meeting, you were also sharing the stats mm-hmm. of the average home sale price yes. versus the national average. Yep. And we're still in a really great spot. Like Lynchburg's well, still one of the well, best, yeah. I would say. Well below, well yeah. below that. Yep. So that's kind of prices. So uh, house volume, how many sales have happened? So sales of existing ha- housing in early 22, to, you know, this year, because we're already a sixth of the way year, which is hard to believe, but... We're up 6.7% year over year, indicating a seasonally adjusted number of 6.5 million sales projected in 2022. So last year, 6.13 million homes sold. And this year, it looks like we're going to be hitting 6.5 million based on early trends so far this year. And so simultaneously, the volume of existing inventory nationally hit another low. Uh, This was as of two weeks ago. There was just 860,000 homes on the market in the whole United States. Mm. That's a new low. And even locally in this week, we hit a new low. Uh, As of Friday, there was 175 single-family homes in Lynchburg and three touching counties. But on Monday, we were down in the low 160s, and we've never had inventory that low. So so Lynchburg is kind of following that national trend of of new lows of available houses. But there is light, and the light is this, pending sales. So when I look at the homes under contract, pending sales uh, there, it's 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 over two times the number of existing homes for sale, and this is really important because it tells us that homes are coming online. Yes. They're hitting the market. They sell fast, but the inventory waves are still strong. I'd be really worried if there was only 150 houses pending, you right? Know, only right. having 165 homes for sale, but with 370 homes pending, you know, buyers can take heart just knowing that there are houses coming online. They're available to purchase. And I really think in the next four four to six weeks, we're going to see even more houses come on available. I, I think they're going to go off really quick. I think they're going to come on. They're going to go off. But but I just want to encourage buyers, if you're looking and you've got outbid, you're discouraged, just just know homes are coming on the market and you can you can get a house. Yep. So, yeah. so that's good news. All right. Let's talk about new construction. New construction starts a little bit disappointing. Not, not disappointing. Surprising data point to me. Single family homes. The starts, what's called the starts, the permits being pulled, the houses being started in the mm-hmm. U.S., they slipped downward in January. And maybe it's just a seasonal thing. Maybe the builders and developers are finishing out existing home construction project. But but inventory is really badly needed right now. And last year, there was just under 1.6 million new houses started. And that was the strongest year of construction since 2006. But the sluggish rates of start for the year indicates another year of about the same volume as last year. You know, what, what we need as a nation is many, many more houses. And Lynchburg has that need, too. We, we have tremendous need for new construction yeah. in greater Lynchburg. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the actual homes that got completed last year. It was somewhere around the 1.2 million or so. So uh, the indica- in- indications are we'll have about the same amount this year. I was really hoping to see that number up 10 or 15 percent. But, you know, we've got some challenges right now in the building industry, as we all know. Uh, and then fourthly, interest rates. These have been rising and falling and just kind of very volatile. Uh, Wells Fargo, according to Wells Fargo last week, and this is two weeks ago, the rates fell three basis points down to 3.89%. 
Uh, that's down from 3.92%. This week, they've been bouncing around. There's a lot of volatility in the markets right now. We've got the whole Ukraine situation, mm-hmm. which is is somewhat affecting the rates. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Um, I spoke with uh, our m- sponsor from a couple months ago, Will Looper, mm-hmm. uh, this weekend. And you know he was just saying that uh, it's been a very uh, volatile week, and they've been up a little bit and down a little bit. But for the most part, you can expect right now in Lynchburg to lock in around 4%. You can buy that down with a little bit of points. Uh, paying a little bit prepaid, you know, prepaid um, expenses up front to get the right, rate right. a little lower, but but uh, you know, interest rates are up, and I don't know where it's going to go in the future. I wouldn't be surprised if it drops a little bit. I think the Fed is hedging their bets, so now they have the opportunity to drop the rates. But um, you know, and, and the rising interest rates are going to be a little bit of headwind, maybe in the housing market demand, but. Housing is still affordable, and there's still tremendous demand for housing right now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens as we go into March and April with the interest Absolutely. rates. Carl's Clips, Carl's Real Estate Tip of the Week. All right, we're bringing back Carl's Clips. Uh, this week's tip is for buyers who are making offers on houses with other competing buyers. Make your offer stand out to a seller by offering the seller a non-refundable deposit payable directly to the homeowner. You know, when you're buying a house, the seller's biggest concern with selling many times is just having the assurance that the deal will actually close. And a non-refundable deposit paid directly to the seller assures them that in a worst-case scenario, they'll keep a sum of money in their pocket for the t- for the time their house was tied up off the market with a contract to purchase. How much, you might ask? How many? How much should you offer a seller? And I'll just say this, in many markets in the U.S. right now, five-digit checks are the norm. I'm not going to necessarily advise that in every case, but locally in Lynchburg as a listing agent who sorts through dozens and dozens of offers on our listings, we've just not seen this tactic put in place by many people yet. But if as a buyer, you really want to show the seller you're serious, do it. Just know that in a worst-case scenario, you, you'll walk away from a chunk of money. But in some cases, in a competing offer, it's better. It's a better term with a well-structured offer than raising your purchase price excessively. So tip of the week, offer the seller a non-refundable deposit paid directly to the seller. When we come back, Yancey is going to take the lead. We'll talk about climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Welcome back to the Carl Miller Show. And for this segment, we are going to do something a little bit different. Since Carl has just gotten back from Tanzania, I thought it'd be fun for us to do a little Q&A on his trip. Nice. Yeah. So we sure missed you at the office while you were gone, Carl. But honestly, the stories that I've heard so far um, from your trip is very worth you know having you on for three weeks so <laughs> i think it'd be very fun if we could uh share those with our listeners and how much time do we have oh gosh <laughs> yeah i'm not sure but uh i would love to just start from the beginning and as you know you even started thinking to yourself hmm, i would love to you know hike mount kilimanjaro what started that like what uh, gave you that idea have, had you seen someone else that had done it and you were inspired or where did yeah, that come yeah, from yeah yeah no i know a few people that had climbed kilimanjaro okay. but um you know it's a it's it's the it's the largest freestanding mountain in the world it's located in tanzania africa it's kind of called the rooftop of africa and you'll see kilimanjaro in a lot of pictures you'll see it in some of the movies mm-hmm. uh, that are based over there but uh but it's a it's a big mountain it's 19,341 feet and mm. i think it was at an event uh with some other fellow real estate agents and I don't know exactly where the idea was started, but it was just basically, hey, it'd be kind of fun just take a group of guys and 
go climb, you know, Mount just Kilimanjaro, climb right? Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah. No big so, deal. <laughs> so anyway, so that, I think the dream kind of started with a pretty good close friend of friends of mine and, and I shared it with them and there was one guy that said, Hey, I'm in, let's do it. And, uh, this was in 20, uh, in 2020, I guess it was kind of okay. during COVID and we were like, Hey, let's just do it in 2021 mm-hmm. thinking that COVID was going to be well over. This is early in the year when, for, you know, so when COVID first happened, we were all kind of a little bit, um, I guess, uh, cabin fever, cabin fever, ready to yeah. go. Yeah. And, uh, so when, when we got towards the fall of 2020, realized COVID was not going to go away. We just decided to push it back to 22 and, uh, kind of through that, uh, invited a few people, a uh, good friend of mine, Scott Wurzbacher, he's a real estate broker down in North Carolina. He, he jumped on immediately him and I kind of spearheaded the trip. And at the end of the day, there was five of us that had paid to go. Gotcha. Uh, long story short, one of them could not go cause he mm. couldn't pass a COVID test. Oh, that's tough. Uh, and so there was four of us that actually ended up going. Man, that's tough. Yeah. So, so it started, I think, just with just, hey, let's go yeah. do something hard and fun and yeah. hang out together. That's really cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. You had the friends that were down to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you went with the group. Yeah. Uh, what training and preparing yeah. for that? What was yeah. that like? Yeah, so training, uh, you know, okay, so so Kilimanjaro is, is not a technical mountain. It is one of the seven summits, you know, when you talk about seven summits, uh-huh. the highest summit on every continent. Mm-hmm. It is one of the seven summits. But this is one of the least technical summits. Uh, It's a trek. It's a hike. It's not, you're not putting on snow gear and and ropes and hard hats and ice crampons. So it's, it's, it's a walk up a mountain basically. I'll be at a hard one, but it is a walk. So it's not technical. Um, You know, you asked, you asked, uh, what was your question? I'm sorry. The (laughs) the training and preparing yourself. What was that? You know, I, I do some runs and I do some running and all that. So for me, it kind of motivated me to go run another 50 K race in the fall, just train. I knew if I had time on my feet, but, but yeah, so the, the, the answer is they say, the guides and stuff say, if you could walk 10 miles in a day, you are fit enough to hike and climb up Kilimanjaro. Very cool. All right. Yeah. So it's not like you have to go crazy with worth working yeah. out. Yeah. So let's talk about the guides. Yes. Do they do this regularly? Yeah. So so the thing about Kilimanjaro climbing is that Tanzania the whole country is that area at least is is really tourism is a big part of their economy. Okay. So you and I can't just land in Moshi, strap on a backpack and go climb the mountain. You have right. to go through a guide service and they have to have porters with you. They're That's very smart. protective yeah. of their mountain. <laughs> and so just our little team of four, there was actually nineteen total porters. Okay. Which included the head guide, the assistant guides, the cook. Mm-hmm. We actually um hired a little porta potty to go up with us. Oh wow. Because okay. the yeah, you don't want to use the uh, campground facilities. Let's just put gotcha. it that way. Gotcha. Okay. Good to know. Awful. So it's funny. So for hundred bucks, you get this guide who carries a tent and a little porta potty. Oh wow. So yeah. Okay. So so things like that. And then we and then one of the guys had a kind of a bad back issue, and, and he hired a personal porter to carry his backpack. Gotcha. So so they carry all of your main things. You're just carrying uh, a backpack with uh, your layers and water. Okay. And uh, maybe some snacks, that type of thing. But uh, the guide that we had, his name was Gotti. Mm-hmm. Amazing guy. He's summited over 500 times oh, my in word. his career. You know, he's been doing this almost 30 years. Oh, my word. Just a great guy. He was so experienced and very, very intuitive. Right. And I just set some good expectations every day. And I, I just can't say enough. I mean, they're the real heroes. These porters are just amazing people. Yeah, yeah. Funny story, though, because of COVID, they've just been decimated. And so what happened with the... Um, the the two the first two days we got up to our campsite and normally they, you get up there and they have their tents all set up the sleeping pads are all in their tent and you're mm-hmm. just everything's ready well the first two days we got up there the one guy's bag wasn't there and the one sleeping bag and pads weren't were missing oh no and what it was 
is the porters. There was two porters who had not climbed at all since COVID. Oh, wow. And they were a little bit out of shape. Wow. And, uh, they were just, they behind? They or... were behind. Gotcha. And we, we would wait for them, you know. Oh. But you got to keep in mind, these guys are carrying pretty heavy loads. Yeah. And they usually just cruise right past you, make you look very small and yeah. weak. Yeah, yeah. Because they're strong dudes. Yeah. And so, uh, but Man. They, yeah, but even the porters were, were feeling the mountain a little bit on yeah, that trip. That's funny. Mm, yeah. So you shared with me the other day that you had gone through many different ecosystems mm. on your way to the top of yep. Kilimanjaro. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So, in, so you're starting at about uh, the, the gate where the national forest starts is, is at about 5,000 feet. And by the way, you're up in the high elevations of Tanzania and there's lots of coffee plantations. Some of the best coffee in the world mm-hmm. is right there in Tanzania. So, so you literally start in the rainforest. It's, it's called the lower slopes. Okay. And and from about 5,000 feet to about 10,000 feet elevation as you're climbing, and, and we were still kind of on the edge of the rainforest the first day, but the first day you kind of get out of the rainforest. Then you get into what's called the montane forest, which is a has some shrubs and some smaller type of trees. And then from there, the next ecosystem up that as you gain elevation is the moorlands. And the moorlands has some really cool looking trees and shrubs and bushes. Oh, that's really neat. And then you get above that eventually into what's called the alpine desert. And the alpine desert is just completely different terrain. It's rock, it's lava, rocks. Wow. It's, I mean, this is a volcano. And so it's just rocks and, and maybe some very low shrubs. And then above that, you get to alpine uh, desert and then then there's the summit and the summit is kind of the crater rim at the top. That's wow. That's so yeah, crazy. so we did see a lot of different and there's lots of different types of animals and wildlife along the way too, yeah. all the way up there, yeah. which is really cool to see the different ecosystems as you gain elevation. Yeah. So the crater rim when you get to the top, mm-hmm. was it everything you imagined? What was that experience like? You know, uh, okay. I heard it was cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cold. So so basically, you know, the nice thing about this route is that you take days to acclimate. You know, mm-hmm. so even though this mountain's nineteen thousand feet. You know, us flatlanders, you know, you have to kind of acclimate. Your body needs to get used to this to avoid AMS or acute mountain sickness. Mm-hmm. So so we, we, we climb, we go from 5,000 feet to 10,000 feet, 10 to 12 and a half. And then, and then we basically had a couple of days where we just yo-yoed up and down. We climbed okay. up to 15,000 feet, but we went back to 13,000 feet and slept at 13,000 feet. So you talked about the crater rim. So the, the summit night, you actually, we actually started hiking at midnight. Okay. So uh, it was day five or early in the morning, day five, and uh, we started at midnight. And, and when you look up, you're at 15,000 feet and you're looking up to, you can't see the summit, but you're just looking straight up a mountain and there's headlamps because people ahead of you, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just really steep terrain. And you just are walking very, very slowly and just climbing. To, and you climb all night, you know. But, uh, but yeah, what happens is about when you get closer to the, to the summit, um, you, 5 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning, this beautiful red horizon line hit wow, as the sun was starting amazing. to come up. We, were, we climbed on full moon night, too, which was cool because we were well above the clouds and well above yeah. uh, everything. So anyway, when you get to what's uh, the crater rim that's called Stella Point, it, it just suddenly appears because you're, you're climbing up and all of a sudden you realize you don't have a big steep ridge ahead of that you're still working up and, and you sort of just crest this little ridge and boom, there's the sign Stella Point. And when yeah. you're there, you're at the crater rim and you have another kilometer to go and another 500 feet of elevation, which seems really short and easy. But when you're at 19,000 feet, it, <laughs> yep. it, it almost took us an hour really? to go that okay. last kilometer. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Well, you, just your lungs and everything have to acclimate <laughs> to like being that high up. We did have to learn how to breathe really deep. You really? want to get as much oxygen in your lungs as possible. Okay. Yep. Wow. That's, yeah. that's amazing. So 
coming back down the mountain, it took about half the time you said, correct? Yeah, a little less than that, actually. I didn't quite answer your question. You asked about uh, the cold. Uh, yes. When we started, it was cold. It was a little windy. It was cold. It was about 10 degrees below zero. Oh, my word. And, uh, you know, we were pretty layered up. Now, when you're hiking and moving, you get warmed up quickly. But, right. But, no, my feet and fingers got a bit cold that night. But then by the time you reach the summit, the sun's up. You know, it warms up so fast when the sun's on you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, But, yeah, going down um, – we got down, you see you're 19,000 feet and the camp is pretty far below. You can almost see it as soon as you start going off the, the volcano rim again. And, uh, but it's so steep and it's, it's hard and you want to go fast, but you, you forget that you're still at 19,000, 18,000, 17 and a half thousand feet and the air is still really thin up there. Mm-hmm. And so it did yeah. took a while to get down and the quads were definitely burning by the time we got back to the high camp. And then from there, we still had to go down another 5,000 feet that day. So we dropped 10,000 feet on the way down. But I bet the moment you hit the bottom of that mountain, it was just like, wow, I have accomplished. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. Oh, it was a great, the, 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 yeah, the, the, the peak and getting to the sign, yeah. and the, you know, you'll see some of the pictures in our, in our social media feeds. I mean, yeah, it was, uh, that was a great, that was a great elevated moment for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would love to just talk for a second about the mental sure. strength side of this trip. Sure. Uh, trip. Physically, I'm sure it was taxing, you know, it requires a lot of yeah. stamina to complete something like this. What was it like for you? Were there moments you thought about quitting or was being in a group a little bit easier because, you know, it's like, okay, I have to do it. There's other people sure. with me. Yeah. You know, and I think the trip is actually more, just as much mental, probably more so even than physical. In fact, okay. our guide, Gotti, you know, when, before we even started climbing the very first thing he said is you got to have a positive attitude mm-hmm. you got to never never doubt when the minute you start to doubt yourself or d- doubt that your ability to climb the mountain it's over like if you lose it mentally wow. you're, you've lost it physically right so he gave this whole five minute pep talk about having a strong mental attitude before you even started to climb yeah <laughs> and it was just really interesting because i mean here's this african guide but he knows the value of men- of positive mentality and he gave us a whole five minute pep talk which i found fascinating yeah because right? i'm kind of a big you know positive man mental attitude guy uh, and he knows he's done yeah, it hundreds so physi- of times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So physically, yeah, there were moments. There was. I mean, there was moments. I mean, I had a real splitting headache the one day coming down when Oof. we were at fifteen thousand feet, coming down to thirteen thousand. And he was like, "Hell oh, no, it's normal. It's normal. Don't worry. You know, you're gonna feel better when we get to camp." And, yeah. and sure enough, laid down thirty minutes, woke up, felt great. Okay, uh, that was on day four. But uh, but no, I think that um, it is mental. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I trusted my guide and did what he said, I was going to get through it. So right. it's just one step in front of time, another, one deep breath in front of, in front of another. And, uh, and yeah, so I think that was sort of the thing. I never let myself go negative. Um, yeah. I felt some pain, but I never let myself think, oh, I can't do this or this is too much. Yeah. So is, okay, is there anything you would do differently if you went back and did this again? Mm, good question. Or if you would tell Carl yeah. before the trip? You know, I, no, I don't think so. The trip was amazing. I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, the guide service was cr- incredible. The yeah. only thing I would do differently, I would pack some salt and pepper. Okay. And I would uh, maybe a little <laughs> bottle of Tabasco sauce. Gotcha. The food was Flavor great. That food. The food was wonderful, but it was a little bland. And there were some times where I was craving salt. Yeah, yeah. So uh, That's I good. would definitely do that. They fed us a lot of potatoes. They fed us mac, they, mac and cheese. Not mac and cheese, but just like macaroni or rice. And okay. And they would make like these meat sauces or these okay. vegetable sauces that you would kind of, you know, mix in with it. And then, and they always had like this hot porridge or hot soup. It was really good. Interesting. Uh, really good food. 
but occasionally a little bit bland. Very cool. <laughs> so I heard uh, you went on a safari after yes. you came back down the mountain, oh and gosh, I have a little yeah. bonus question for right. you. Uh, was the safari kind of your reward for hiking you know, the mountain? It, yeah, it was great. We, were, we went on, and, and the safari was amazing. I mean, yeah. you know, we went to the Serengeti, which is 14,000 square kilometers of just wow. national forest, nothing but animals as far as I can see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so the safari was great. I mean, we saw, I mean, yeah, you you had asked me earlier what kind of what my favorite animal was. I don't know. Those elephants are amazing. They're so big yep seeing the giraffes the giraffes are just cool animals man and then yeah the, you know the zebras and the wildebeest and the we saw a rhino we saw a cougar and tiger and lion i'm uh, not tiger but lions yeah really that's cool. amazing i mean you see them in movies but when they're like right beside your car i bet that's just it's, something else it's pretty cool Very it's cool. really cool well thank you for letting me interview you carl this was so much fun and i'm honestly looking forward to the next big trip you take so we can hear all about <laughs> those stories too <laughs> sure and now the Bizarre Real Estate Fact of the Week. Disney's first story living community called Cotino is going to feature 1,900 homes in Rancho Mirage, California. In addition to residential, Disney says Cotino has zoning approval to build a hotel and a range of shopping, dining, and entertainment offerings. There you go, Very interesting. You can live in a Disney movie. There you go. Well, if you have real estate questions you want answered on the air, send your questions to any of our social media platforms. Or you can also contact the WLNI comment line at 434-333-2009. That's 333-2009. Thanks for tuning in to the show today at Carl Miller Realty. We, t- we want to be your local, caring, competent, and trusted advisors for all things real estate. Thanks again to our month's sponsor, My Guys Moving and Storage. They're fully licensed, they're bonded and insured, a moving company located right here in Lynchburg. They've been serving Central Virginia for over 30 years. My Guys Moving offers local and long distance moving as well as residential and commercial moving. Best of all, they can handle your storage needs with a secure warehouse facility and they're offering a full month of storage for free to help their customers make their move go smoothly. For a free estimate, visit myguysmoving.com. Join us next Saturday for another morning of the Carl Miller Show. And if you're looking to sell your house this spring, contact us today, carlmillerrealty.com.